we got we got your dull needles right here. Line up. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's October 29th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 143. This is no agenda. Exposing CIA Afghanistan drug running weeks before the New York Times. And coming to you from the minimum security containment cell in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California. I'm Adam Curry. And the bridge is down here in northern Silicon Valley. It, it's a mess. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Yeah, that thing really is a mess, that bridge. <laughs> it's a fiasco. Yeah, so... Why did they even... Why don't they just left, left the bridge alone and build a whole new span next to it, and they could have two bridges running side by side, and then they could just retrofit the old Oakland cantilever side, and we'd have two bridges, better you know, better capacity, <laughs> and one could be down and the other one would be up. I mean, now it's, there's nothing. We can't get across. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I think we can use that jingle a lot in weeks to come. It's, re- it's really nice and quiet in the city, though, for those of you outside of Gitmo Nation West, uh, we have two pretty important bridges here, the Golden Gate Bridge being one of them, and the Bay Bridge, uh, which wasn't only two months ago, they, they clo- no, it was uh, Labor Day, they closed it off for extensive repairs, so it was shut down. That's because they broke it. it well, <laughs> they broke it again, and uh, didn't like guide why, I was listening to the radio last night, uh, because of, woo, 50 mile an hour winds, woo. Uh, two guide spans snapped, actually hit a, hit a car, but and uh, a truck. Yeah, but no one was hurt, luckily. And then these things came crashing down, and they closed the bridge immediately and indefinitely. I might point out. Well, it's supposed to be fixed today. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, well see. it's supposed to be. You know, now they they actually have a Twitter feed, which is <laughs> <laughs> they do. Of course. Bay Bridge Twitter. It's the outreach program. And it doesn't say anything. It just says stuff like, well, I still don't know when we're going to open the bridge. Hey, (laughs) I need a feed for this. Thanks for the tweet. So this morning at 6.15, I am jolted out of my bed by uh, a a rather large metal on uh, concrete clanging sound. And, of course, uh, you know that uh, the Crackpot Command Center is under threat of eminent domain removal. The government, uh, it's for the funniest thing, yesterday the government came by to start to talk to us about uh, what it would, you know, the, doing an assessment of how much money they should give us to get out because they have to give us just compensation. And I swear to God, I swear to God, l- lovely lady, Jamie, she said, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. <laughs> Really? That old cliche? She, she actually said it. <laughs> like, okay. So um, so wow. this, this construction is going on right across the street. And I have a fantastic view, and I'm actually trying to turn this into something positive for myself, because it is kind of interesting to see how they're, uh, they're going to build the, large, the world's largest bus terminal. <laughs> right. And by the way, we have to take a, a, a film crew or, you know, a video crew over to the bus terminal that now exists. Yeah. To, Seriously. To, and film the, it. There's nobody there. The, the, nobody is guys. in this bus terminal except a few hobos. Yeah, no, one, no one uses the bus. 
<laughs> and it's, so it's you know it's it's like a ten billion dollar project. It's for this transpate buses. <laughs> for example, you take the bus into San Francisco, it drops you off in the bus terminal, and the first thing everybody does is they scoot out of the buses and they rush over to, to their job. There's nobody in this terminal. It's no. a dump. No. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, but they're also turning this whole area into one big shopping promenade. And, oh, that's what we need. Yes, exactly. And so they're bringing down all these uh, historic buildings um, and beautiful buildings, including ours here, uh, the minimum security containment cell. So anyway, uh, there's construction going on. And, you know, that happens. There's a city ordinance. Uh, you cannot make construction noise before 7 a.m. or after 8 p.m., seven days a week, I might add. And so I've been in touch with all the, you know, because basically I just want to be the biggest pain in the ass so they can pay me and get me out quickly. But they're going through their government process. And um, so it's been happening a couple times where they'd start off at, you know, 6.30, 6.45. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm starting to become a squeaky wheel. And this morning when at 6.15, I literally woke up. So I rushed to the window, throw up, up and uh, threw up the sash. And uh, and the whole place is like filled with dudes. I'm like, okay, now I'm pissed off. So I I have a cell phone number of the lady in charge, Mila Gonzalez, who's in charge of the TJPA project. And so I wake her up. I said, listen to this shit. So what's going on? So I'm calling the cops now. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Mr. Curry, you know, oh, sorry, I'm going to call the four. I'm going to see what's going on. This is wrong. They shouldn't be doing this. I said, yeah, exactly. So I called the oh, cops. So it's noisy enough you could get it over the cell phone. Oh, easy. Oh, yeah. And what they're doing is they're drilling uh, uh, holes, and it's a fascinating process to watch. They're drilling holes um, with these big. You saw the pipes, John. These these pipes, which the diameter has to be at least six or six or seven feet. Yeah. And uh, that's where they're going to, I guess, pour concrete in or whatever. So you'll have the the foundation, you know, the foundation pillars. Um, well, and, first they got to pound them into the ground. Well, no, they're not pounding; they're drilling. And this is why I found out about this because at six thirty, the foreman Mike calls me and says, hey, "Mr. Curry, you know, I got no beef with this guy, right? He's just doing his job. And I'm, you know, I'm actually I'm getting him on my team because I'm saying, look, Mike, I'm going to stop your construction. Uh, so you want to continue? So just tell these guys to get me out, and then we'll be cool with it. But he told me what happened. He said, "Well, we had an emergency." Uh, you know, we got guys here all night monitoring the drill, and uh, we're down 250 feet, and the drill got stuck, and we're about to lose the drill bit. I'm like, I'm talking to Bruce Willis. He's on the moon, I swear <laughs> to God. He's drilling in the asteroid. <laughs> but this is the, only the first hole they've drilled. And already the the, the, the drill bits are get, getting caught and breaking up. And, uh, and then, of course, Officer Cliff came by. Uh, and he said, well, I'll go, go over there and check it out. <laughs> Thanks, Officer Cliff. So uh, you would have been proud of me, John. I was all over it. I was uh, I was a, a real cranky, get off my lawn, you damn kids bastard this morning. That's perfect. That's what you have to do to get any attention. But otherwise, it'd be doing it all night. They wouldn't even stop ever. Right. The uh, thing that's interesting. It's interesting if you can kind of at least learn about the process, because yes. generally speaking, I thought they would pile drive, you know, over there. No, it's of, uh, uh, no. They have a very interesting. Uh, and the drill runs all night. I mean, it's literally, you know, it's, it's just, it's slowly turning. They've got this very interesting contraption that holds this big pipe in place. Uh, and it, go, you know, it pushes it down bit by bit as dirt is coming out. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting to watch. And I must say, I have a great view. And normally you can't see any of this stuff. You're either too high up or at ground level, it's all fenced off. So I'm literally looking at right into what these guys are doing. 
Um, so yeah, that is interesting. But now, now, does it look like a cheap process? No, no. This looks like well, a very well, expensive process. Let me ask this a rhetorical question: With a city that's as broke as San yeah. Francisco, yeah, tell me about how can it. they afford this, dude? I'm telling you. Even even Officer Cliff was surprised. He said, "Hey, what they doing here?" <laughs> I said, "Well, they're tearing everything down. Really? All these beautiful buildings?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "What are they doing?" I said, "They're building a big bus terminal." You don't say. And of course, right. who knows what it's going to cost to rent? Because the bus terminal is also going to be the train station. Yeah, the high speed. Well, and and it's interesting because I reread the Constitution about eminent domain, and I think the whole um, the whole because they would say they're going to bring in the high speed rail from Los Angeles. Yeah, right. Ha. But but the uh, under the uh, the eminent domain, I think it's an amendment in the Constitution. Um, there actually is mention of the government's authority to give that power of eminent domain to railroads. So I'm thinking, you know, they probably thought, hey, this bus terminal idea ain't going to work. Why don't we just say we're going to bring in a railroad so we can be sure the law is on our side? Oh, that's interesting. Something like that. Something like that's going on. No, that sounds right. Yeah. You know, they gave the rail. What, did you have a, a date on that amendment? Because that must have been during the era when Southern Pacific basically owned California. I'd have to. I'd have to look it up. I have the. Uh, I have it on my the, G the, phone. The, the novel, The Octopus, is about all this sort of thing. <laughs> the octopus. Yeah. Oh, and Which, it's about eminent Frank domain. Norris. Sorry. It, it, the novel is about eminent domain. No, well, it's about the railroads uh, running the state and and being a corrupt. Well, they were, of course. I mean. You just have to read Atlas Shrugged to know how that works. Well, if you read a real, <laughs> some real literature, Frank Norris is the octopus. You probably would get more out of it in terms of your soul. Oh, you are such a bad man. So I said it in the opening of the show. Hold on a sec. I need to uh, liquidate myself. Oops. <clears throat> I meant hydrate. Um, the uh, New York Times reported... Um, very interesting story that you probably would have heard six to seven weeks ago on this very program. That, uh, ooh, the brother of Afghan leader Karzai is said to be paid by the CIA. And of course, uh, John and I did quite an extensive unveiling of Ahmed Wali Karzai. By the way, the New York Times makes no mention whatsoever of his Afghan restaurants in uh, California and in Washington and in Boston. And uh, But the New York Times did go a bit further and said, hey, the CIA has this guy on their payroll. A retainer. <laughs> he's on a retainer. And that he's also um, a drug lord. Yeah, you don't say. And maybe the New York Times is just listening to our show. Who actually wrote this? <laughs> Dexter Filkins and Mark Mazzetti and James Risen. It was a front page of the New York Times. What I found fascinating was um, the White House briefing with uh, our nasal Fred secretary, press secretary Robert Gibbs. And I've asked a couple people, John, no one thinks he's coked up. They just think he's got a, a nasal problem. And uh, so <laughs> You I, know, I, there's a lot of people that don't recognize that as being coked up. No. Over time, you know, over time, I, about, um, I can't really, I, a lot of, you see, you run into it a lot of in broadcasting, you have certain announcers that, that develop that, that style of... That, like, that nasal type of... Well, this guy, that, it, that, uh-huh. well, Gibbs is a broadcaster, he thinks he's a disc jockey. Yeah. In fact... Well, you'll find that a lot of these guys, when, they really wanted to, when the end is near, when their careers are over, you find that they were coked up. A lot of them, uh, well, you know what, it's, particularly if you're doing the morning drive, you know, it's tough. You gotta, 
Maybe Gibbs isn't coked up. Need a couple of lines. You know, it just seems coked up. Let's put it that way. How come that didn't work? In the morning. Hey, Todd, hey, Todd <laughs> Sorry. What was that? Am I losing oh, I, you? I, I'm going to talk like that from now on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, let's listen to the man himself. And now I'm, I'm going to crank up the volume pretty loud because something interesting happened at the beginning of this uh, of this uh, particular White House briefing. This is the one from Wednesday. where I, I It might have been a ringtone. And I'm going to really turn it up loud because it's hard to hear. But there's like this ominous voice going, the president has all the power. Just as he's getting on the podium. And, and of course, you know, the, uh, the White House press corps being the suck-ass suck-ups that they are, are all like guffawing and laughing and, and Gibbs is cutting a joke. But then they, they uh, hammer into him about, uh, about the New York well, Times before, article. Yeah. Before we listen to that, is it possible he's using like a Nokia phone that, that says the voice of the person calling? Well, you're, it's not from him. Um, oh, it's from somebody in the audience? Yeah, someone in the audience. Well, I, I think it's from someone in the audience. I'm going to turn it up really loud, and you might be able to hear it. Now that I've told you what, what the sound is, you can probably recognize it, but it's really like an echoey voice that says, the President of the United States holds all the power, which is kind of freaky, like, oh, like they're programming funny. the press corps there. Let's listen, uh, let's listen in here, and let me just get this started. Uh, and, of course, with that fantastic wind-up, it won't work it dies <laughs> of course it died crap hold on let me reload it timing yeah timing. here it comes good afternoon let me get slightly more organized here <laughs> actually actually it's the president is powerful that's what it says did you hear it no it's really soft. I'll try and play it one more time for you. Good afternoon. Maybe get slightly more organized here. Oh well, yeah, I can it's barely very hear it. very soft. I'll put it in the I'll put the link in the show notes. But then listen to the press corps. <laughs> Was that happening just in my head, or did you all did you all hear that too? Wow! Wow, that's uh, that was uh, interesting, if inexplicable. Um, yeah, sometimes I wonder how inexplicable that kind of shit really is. That was interesting, if inexplicable. Yeah. What so is we, wrong with that guy? Uh, well, there's nothing really wrong except for his nose. Let's listen to the right, first well, question. With, uh, with that voiceover, let's. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for not having an equally grand introduction by which to call on the first reporter. Wow, that's uh, all right. Hammer into this fucker. Question one. Okay, so payments to President Karzai's brother by the CIA. What can you tell us about? So payments to President Karzai's brother by the CIA. First question, front page of the New York Times. Not an unimportant topic to discuss, perhaps. What is the answer? Um, how that, uh, or if that is, is causing any consternation here in the White House. Uh, I, I uh, refer questions about that story to the CIA. The best person to ask that to or somebody at the CIA. Um, and what's, your, what's the reaction here to the, um, the attack in Kabul today? So it's like, uh, ask someone at the CIA. Best person to ask that question is at the CIA. What a dick. Total dick. 
total. I mean, who who does the CIA? This is the White House. Doesn't the CIA report to the Presidente? And not that as if this is not you know ah, three days. It, it's just it it's, you, it's an it? insult to the. It I is. mean, the, and to the Republic. They should, the, the entire press corps should just walk out. Thank you. That that would be really good. Yeah, I wish they would. And you know what? This is that this this show, the Robert Gibbs show. We need a jingle. It's the Robert Gibbs show in the in the afternoon. Hello, everybody. I'm Robert Gibbs. It's funny. This thing is about forty minutes. This program is forty minutes in length, and um, and you just watch it. And, and he dodges every question. He denies uh, questions. He skirts around issues. It, it it's it's like a comedy. I love watching it. And we could just play that for 40 minutes and stop it every 30 seconds and comment on how, you're right, the press corps, they're just a bunch of gullible losers. The only person who is still real there, who does bring it back from time to time, is Helen, who, could, who, who can barely breathe, but she's still fighting for our country, asking the real questions, and she gets laughed off. Continuously, gives a <laughs> well, Helen. I, I doubt the president would be involved in anything like that. <laughs> uh, yes, Chip, you're next. I mean, that's literally how it goes. <laughs> yeah, Douche. you're good with that's good. You should, <laughs> yeah, but we do need a jingle. You're right. It's not hard to. to what we should do to, is get the jingle, and then we just you, then we take one short Gibbs nonsense <laughs> comment. Wow. Yeah. You know, and just and just like a long jingle, short comment. Like comment. This is Letterman's like, <laughs> yeah, formula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, the jingle's uh, longer than the bit. Yeah, like the uh, uh, great moments and pres- uh, great speeches in presidential history. Yeah. Well, the one he's doing now, of course, is the uh, things more fun than reading Sarah Palin's memoir. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. And it's always something. The latest one was have your head put in a vice. <laughs> and then they took a clip from it was Goodfellas or Casino or whatever it was where where uh, that little uh, act, the actor who play, always plays a mean-spirited uh, Italian yeah. mobster. Yeah, the, it, go ahead and talk about the little guy. The little guy. Joe who's, Pesci is who you're talking about. Joe Pesci. The little guy. Yeah. Well, he's the little guy. He's always, always small. <laughs> and anyway, he's got it. He's squeezing some guy's head and is show, showing it. Then the one they had the other day was having having your head uh, in a basket filled with angry bees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and meanwhile, in every single poll, Sarah Palin is like number three on the list to be the presidential nominee for uh, for the next election. <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't. I don't think she's dumb. You know, I, oh, I think I the do. media made her dumb. I don't care what you think. You know, just because she's hot uh, or reasonably like milky, she's milky. No, no, not just because. It's a no, plus. Yeah. It's a plus. It's a plus. But you know, she's not dumb. She has run she's a dumb. whole state. You know, more yeah, than you barely. can say. More she than you can do say. it for more than two years, and she had to quit. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I mean, who's going to put? I mean, she is quit the job she had. I mean, no one's anyone. Why? Why would anyone think that she's remotely qualified? She's only worked in a. Uh, in excuse a, me, John. You make the mistake that President Obama is qualified as an actor. I've never said that. Fine. When was that? When did I say that? When as did an I say act, that? As an actor, Sarah Palin is perfectly qualified. She's cute. She can remember her lines, and she won't bump into the furniture. She would be a perfect president. I, I don't think she's that good of an actress. I, I, we we use the form uh, actor, not actress. Yeah, yeah you you actor. and the other actors. I don't think she's that good of an actress. I think she's pretty good. I think she could do it. She, you know what? She would need the teleprompter. She would. That, she's got him beat on that. I'm just saying. 
Well, while we're on the topic of actors... Yes, I see your uh, clip, yes. Oh, well, besides that. Mm, uh, so there's this stuff that we have to look into called atrazine. Atrazine? Yeah, atrazine. It's an herbicide made by a company in Switzerland. It's banned in the EU. They can't even use it in, in the EU, let alone, I don't think, Switzerland. And why is that? Corn. Well, it, it uh, for one thing, it demasculinizes frogs and it's in the it gets in the water supply and now there's theoretical you know there's some theoretical consideration that it's maybe uh responsible for the uh, demasculinization of men uh. like the one like the ones who would insist on calling women actors <laughs> i'm too old it, it it's too late to have affected me but yeah your point is well made there is a there is a lot of concern about actually stuff in the drinking water that uh, well this not, is in the drinking water okay there you and, go and i don't know whether the brita filter takes it out or not but it's uh, you know a concern and uh then i so i decided to look up uh, you know and they're they're in bed they're not owned by they're a public company they're not owned by monsanto you, uh, you should really give me a little, a little warning before well, you do that. As I start that. talking about chemicals, yeah, you got to yeah, you're right. You're you got to right. be on the on the quick on the draw. Mm -hmm. But they're in bed with them because apparently Monsanto sued them over some corn thing, and then so they sued them back and they won. And then they decided, well, you know, why are we fighting with each other? Let's get together. And so now they've <laughs> divvied up. Uh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of press releases about this. They've kind of divvied up what they're going to sell to the world corn producers uh, to prevent one thing or another. And uh, so the two of them are now uh, like, buddy, divide, buddy. you know, it's divided buddy, we buddy. stand, uh, united we whatever. Yeah, kind of you know, I was watching the, the Jim McGlare hour last night. Uh, actually, told Mickey, I said, you know, because we're so tired, we can't watch television at all. It's so crappy. And I said, well, let's uh, let's put PBS on our uh, favorites list here on the Dish Network, and the, the McNeil Lear whatever hour comes on, and uh, and the thing, and you know, that's like and uh, promotional consideration uh, for the McNeil News Hour brought to you by, and then and it comes Chevron, um, I think. Not BP, but it was Chevron, GE, and then there it was. Monsanto. I'm like, how can I trust any... Oh, we just lost John. Okay. There we go. He's back. Well, that was totally weird. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, that was weird. What, where did you lose me? Hello? John? Oh, maybe I have to... <laughs> Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. All right, you there? Yeah, I am. Okay. Where'd you lose me? What? Where did you lose me? Uh, I lost you, and you, there's an easy cut in. You were, you were tuned into uh, McNeil Lair, and then you were about to say, you got cut off right in the middle of promotional considerations. Yeah. Right in the middle of promotional. Right, Boom, promotional consideration provided by Chevron, provided by General Electric. We bring the good things to life. To life. Ooh. Uh-oh. Do you hear the echo? Yeah, that's cool. Hold on. No, it's not. One, two? Yeah, far from cool. Okay. Provided by uh, Chevron, provided by uh, GE, we bring good things to life, and by... Monsanto. 
I'm like, how can you trust anything this guy is about to tell me? The whole program is controlled by corporate America, and that's PBS, <laughs> our jewel, our national treasure. <laughs> our na- we got to get that clip back. Yeah, our national, national treasure. treasure. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is no agenda. We have a very simple formula, and it seems to be working. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And we got to. Someone's got to do it. Anyway, the company's name is Syngenta. S-Y-N-G-E-N-T-A. Hey, we're done with the Karzai story. I mean, you know, I think I just want to take a little bit of credit for uh, for us uncovering. Well, not just uncovering and not really exposing, but for well, bringing we just it to people's attention. Yeah. Reality. We deconstructed, and which is the way we deal with the news. We assume everything's got some hidden agenda, and so we f- try to back, you know, kind of tear it apart, f- rejigger it, and then figure out what might be going on. And we tend to be two or three weeks ahead of the mainstream media because of just that simple process. In case, in this case, it was six or seven weeks. So when you hear PBS winding up with "and by viewers like you." Thank you for your donation. You should be thinking, screw that jabroni. I'm handing five bucks to no agenda. That's what you should be doing. Right. And you, yeah, in fact, uh, if you want to, we can like mention a couple of things that did happen this hey, week. With who's our picture. executive producer? Indeed. I want to our executive producer for this week's show is Greg Birch in Port Angeles, Washington. Hey, your neighbor. Nice. Yeah, neighbor coughed up. Okay. And uh, he uh, wants us to plug openyet.com. He's a, he's a, uh, How do a you dentist, spell that? I believe. How do you spell that? Open, O-P-E-N-Y-E-T. Openyet.com. How much did uh, Greg hand us uh, to become the executive producer? He uh, gifted us $200. Wow. Greg, thank you, man. You can uh, now put that on your CV. You were the executive producer of No Agenda, episode 143, and we'll vouch for you. Open yet will liberate. Open yet will save time. I don't know what he's up to. Hey, I just want to mention that uh, climate change is really hammering the uh, the world. You probably saw the uh, record snowfall in Colorado. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about climate change in Colorado is I remember 20 years ago. I think I must have talked about this before because I've always been baffled by it. A friend of mine moved to Colorado and, and he had this he, he made this assertion that, you know, I said, isn't it kind of cold and snowy up there? No, it very rarely actually snows in Denver. And it's ever what? since then, it just snows every year, tons in Denver. You no, know, you haven't mentioned this, but 15 or 20 years ago, I was in Denver a lot. We uh, actually owned a company there. And I, I remember that, yeah, it like flurries, but it wouldn't be like huge snowfall. And yeah, so the, now- and that's changed. Yeah, no, because every year now they have a news specials and they show them. Even it's, it gets so bad that they have they carry it on national news and they show these, you know, this huge blizzard in Denver and this three feet of snow. And this is every year. It's like Denver just gets pounded. Yeah. Well, that's climate change for you. Well, climate change. The science is climate doesn't change. lie, John. You can't be a climate change denier. So my son is disappointed in the in the No Agenda show now. Oh crap! Which one? JC, the smart one. Well, they're both smart. <laughs> Eric will hear that and go, what? Yeah, from now on, it'll be the smart one. Okay. All right, what does the smart one have to say? Oh, ye.
Oh, he says that we're just. He says we have it. He says, "Where's our no agenda?" He says, "You guys are like always pounding on these same topics." And this, he says, where, "Where? Why don't you talk about you know how to thicken gravy, or uh, you know what's the you know what's wrong with public transportation, or one thing or another that's just kind of you know that we normally okay. ramble." About. All right. Well, well, what the hell? He wants to know about gravy. Well, no, there's I mean, a just, whole network. There's a food network. Go watch. <laughs> hey, he's the smart one. Go to the Food Network, Jesse. I threw out the gravy thing myself, but it was just a, it was just a lament. So he doesn't listen anymore. Well, you know what? I, My I, wife, by the way, I think is given up too. I think this is distressing. I think we have more listeners than ever, but you know, but I well, don't have you know the what? feedback. Yeah, but the people who are going to die when uh, when the world takeover comes, you know, they're going to drop eventually. You know, what can I tell you? The, 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 it's too much truth for them to handle, John. They want to know about gravy and about public transport. Does that give you a clue? I'm the one who came up with the gravy thing. He had some other one. I can't think of what it was. Um, the point is, is that uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, do we do we need another? You have, I know, a swine flu minute again. But have we haven't we pounded the swine flu enough that you know Rush Limbaugh's now telling people not to get the vaccine? Well, I'm not that interested in um, in telling people not to take the vaccine. By the way. Uh, Molly Wood and her son, uh, Aliyah, Aliyah, is it Aliyah? I think it's Elijah or Aliyah. Uh, they're both sick. After, I thought they uh, had the shot. Didn't yeah, they get the shot? Yeah, no. She got the shot for her kid, and now they're both sick. Go figure. She got the shot. Wait a minute. By the way, there's a one, the interesting thing came out with the CDC is is essentially bullshitting us concerning the number of swine flu cases. It turns yes. out now that yes, you know, th- so this is this is the only thing that's interesting to me. I don't you know what. Go take the shot. That's the beautiful thing about America is uh, it, as long as they're not mandating it, then I'm fine. You <laughs> Hold can, on a second. You can take so, the shot. So er- I'm so- so Eric is listening in on the stream, right? Oh, wait, he wasn't. Hey, Eric, you're not allowed to listen. Turn off the stream. You're now for your band. So, your band. So he says. He says JC is a communist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's true. But you know what? You're banned. You're not allowed to listen. Don't let me catch you listening. What's his IP address? I'm going to block him. I don't yeah, want to. Okay. So he, the, the here's the only thing that that I'm interested in. I mean, when I see. Um, uh, Napolitano, what's her name? Margaret, yeah. Janet, whatever her name is. Uh, when I see her come on stage with Health and, of uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services uh, Sibelius, and she goes first. So here's the Department of Homeland Security, the secretary, the boss of Homeland Security, who comes on first to talk about swine flu. The president has called a, a national emergency, which he says is a, is a preventative move. And what the hell is that, a national emergency, when there's no national emergency? Their own documents, the CDC released you know, all this, these new uh, PDF files, and I'll put them in the show notes. They literally show the past 10 years of influenza, and you'll see that 2003 is way off the charts compared to 2009, 2010. You know, we're not even anywhere near what happened in 2003, and that was just regular seasonal flu. On top of that, the state, you know, the information from the states on the hospitalization and death toll are not even being released by um, HHS. So when when people are saying, oh, 100 kids have already died, there's no proof of that. The documents that came out just this week, just yesterday, show some really interesting things. Did you know, John, that 
uh, of all the deaths, and all, the total number I can count in the U.S. is like 86 total. That includes infants, the 18 to 34, 18 to 15 year olds, the 50 plus, and the 65 plus, whatever. That the majority are white and Hispanic, and that there's like three percent is African American. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's highly interesting shit. They even say it in their own document. This warrants uh, some investigation as to why blacks are not um, dropping con- like flies. Are, yeah, are not contracting the uh, the H one N H one N one virus, and why uh, they're not. Well, obviously, there's going to be a less less percentage of them dying, and so you get into all of the shit. And I, you know, and I and I, I actually. I find it enjoyable to do some investigative work, which seems to be very difficult for, oh, I don't know, the White House press corps or journalists in general. And I, and I come up with a couple of amazing discoveries. The first one, although... If you do ad- say so yourself. If you don't mind me saying so myself. Of course, we know that adjuvants are, by, are being used. The hamburger helper of, of the vaccine industry is being used in every other country except the United States. So all across Europe, all of the vaccines include adjuvants, the biggest one being GSK, GSK GlaxoSmithKline. They're not Beecham anymore. GlaxoSmithKline. And I'm like, it's interesting because, of course, there's such a, a movement against adjuvants and it's been linked to autism. Although thimerosal is in almost, I think, four of the five vaccines that are being used in the United States. And that is actually illegal in most uh, countries in Europe. You can't put the, the thimerosal in makeup products or anything else. Yeah, other- okay, get to the point. Okay. So did you know that the vaccines distributed in the United States... It is correct they do not contain an adjuvant. However, they are being administered with so-called adjuvant mixing needles. What? Yes. So these are double needles where you you grab some vaccine from vial one, and then you grab some adjuvant from vial two, and then you... And that, it's like making epoxy glue. Yes, it's exactly what it is. And... And they're being administered with adjuvant mixing needles. What I can't find anywhere except on the, uh, GlaxoSmithKline is instructions for administration. Now, if you look at the, the GlaxoSmithKline website, they actually have a little animation that shows you, okay, first you suck up the vaccine, then you suck up the adjuvant, and they actually have a third one, which is the, the antigen, and then you administer the shot. It's frightening how big the lie is because they're literally saying there's no adjuvants in the vaccine that's actually the truth but they are administering i think they are administering by mixing the adjuvant on site and nowhere am i able to find um the instructions for healthcare professionals on how to administer this stuff except for GlaxoSmithKline, um and i don't know how many states are using the GlaxoSmithKline vaccine so they're mixing it on site and therefore are basically getting around the whole conversation of there being adjuvants in the vaccine itself. And yeah, if you don't mind, I think that's a pretty big find. So I'm looking at the uh, PDF from the uh, Department of Health in Maryland. And they have it about how to order the H1N1. And they're talking about this, this adjuvant... Uh, mixing uh, system mm-hmm. but i don't see any no of course not i don't see any i just probably just like anything else just stick it in the guy's arm and push yeah yeah that's it 
And all of the uh, all of the five milliliter uh, vaccine shots all contain thimerosal, uh, which of course uh, contains mercury. And it's not trace amounts, you know. It's actual measured measured amounts of mercury. So, but the but the bottom line, you're right, John. I don't give a shit. Please go ahead, take your shot. I'm paying for it. It's ten billion dollars that the taxpayers are paying for this bullshit emergency that we have. I'm fine. It's okay. Take my money. Well, you don't have to be bitter about it. So. Uh... Yeah, I, I find it interesting that, well, anyway, a couple of interesting things. One of them is that now I wonder about all these reports from Oklahoma and elsewhere about, you know, these. About the black kid. Exactly. Because there's only 3% of blacks are being uh, admitted to hospitals or dying from H1N1. And it's in their own documents. So, you know, why do they make that kid look the sickest? Statistically, the kid shouldn't even be in the hospital. Well, they make him look the sickest because apparently the blacks aren't going out rushing to the doctor to get this shot. There's another article which is too long to get into, and I'm not uh, educated enough in anything, really. But uh, certainly not in uh, in the science behind uh, this article, which I do want you to read, John, and I'm going to put it in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Um, and this is, uh, the, the gist of this article is, uh, actually the headline is H1N1 swine flu is not a flu at all. And it has a whole bunch of real deep research and links to medical articles that this actually is a form of tuberculosis, which by the way, killed 1.8 million people in the United States last year, tuberculosis, which is also airborne. And that this so-called pandemic which, if you look at the documents, the CDC even calls it flu-like. It's not actually a flu. It's flu-like. And, uh, and it did come from the pig farming village in, uh, in the Veracruz Mountains of Mexico. And if it actually is tuberculosis, you don't want to fight that with antivirals. You want to fight it with uh, antibiotics. And this could be the reason why people are dying of respiratory diseases, because that's kind of what tuberculosis does. And it may just be complete that we're complete. It's been completely misdiagnosed. By the way, the CBS um, piece that we were going to cover today, uh, they did some investigative work, and it turns out that 97, between 87 and 97 percent of all flu cases that went uh, to a to the hospital to be uh, checked for H1N1 turned out to be not swine flu. Yeah, we actually had a, uh, there's a clip on the blog uh, discussing this, and it's uh, kind of scandalous, to be honest about it. CBS seems to be the uh, network that's kind of backed off of the litany more than the other networks. So, I mean, the guys who are, uh, I still, I'm not getting what NBC's up to, and one of the things I wanted to discuss today was what uh, the kind of propaganda that we're hearing on uh, on NBC, specifically uh, your favorite show and mine, the Law and Order series, which is laced uh, with uh, vile propaganda of one sort or another. Can, can, I just, can I just mention one more thing before you continue with that? Um, the The meme has changed the wording has changed. I watched the uh, Sibelius and uh, Napolitano uh, press conference last night. By the but way, be- before like- you t- say the meme, I have to mention something. Sibelius is the most patronizing, horrible person when she talks. She's she sounds like Carly Fiorina, this Ugh, kind of yeah, snotty yeah. style that she is. Does. Ugh. And she's a Bilderberger. 
anyway. Oh, is she now? I think she is, yeah. Um, mm. So they're doing their little their little shtick there. There's like five journalists in the audience because no one gives a crap anymore. They just want the death number so they can report something big on their in their headlines. And um, the meme has now changed from a flu pandemic to an outbreak. It's an outbreak, and you start reading this every everywhere. It's outbreak, 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 which I think is is meant to recall Dustin Hoffman's movie in yeah. your mind. Oh, you absolutely, know, outbreak, absolutely. Outbreak. Oh, oh, we're all going to die from the outbreak. So they've oh, yeah. it's changed. It's no longer a pandemic. It's an outbreak, and and that is not by accident. These these people don't use words like this by accident at all. They're very sophisticated. All right. So yeah, back no. In the- fact, uh, John Stewart, I've started recording the show again to, because he's actually gotten good again, and uh, he goes after uh, these. Uh, he, he does a really good job of going after these uh, memes and uh, that keep cropping up. You know, everybody's saying the exact same word under in, uh, right. in some sequence. Mm-hmm. And there's there's one going on now about Obama. There, all the right wingers are using the same term, dawdle or dwiffle or some. I can't remember what the word is, but dwaddle, it's, I, every it's time uh, I now I know what you're talking about. It's uh, not dwaddle. Dwin, dwin, nah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I heard it too. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. Outbreak is a good one. Well, that brings us to uh, you know the media itself. I mean the the worst part of the media, which is the people who produce uh, uh, dramas and NBC, of course, you know, somebody, one of the right wing talkers pointed this out that the only, you know, they, they, they have a czar now for pay cuts and all oh, the no, rest no, of it. No, no, it's a, it's even worse than that. He's the pay master. Yeah. The pay I mean, master. If, if we're not, if we're not slaves to the pay master, who by the way is the same guy that forced the nine 11 uh, families who were victims, whose family members died, forced them to take the payment and then forever shut up and never litigate against the government. That's the paymaster. This Feinberg, Is it the same guy? Kenneth Feinberg, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a totally evil dude. He set up this fund and said, oh, okay, so you can get restitution. We'll, if your family member died in 9-11, you can get a part of the money, but you, can, but you have to sign this document that says you never, ever can sue the government or, do, or, or litigate it all ever again. That's the same guy, the pay master. Yes, massa. Yes, massa. I'll take your money and shut up, massa. So uh, that uh, guy, the one guy that's noticeably missing in action in terms of like having his pay cut or even questioned is Imhalt of the of General Electric, because apparently General Electric with MSNBC and all the pro Obama support is is off immune. limits. He's immune, even though. GE Capital got a huge bailout, didn't they? Yeah, they got a second one. As far as I know, they got two. Yeah, he shouldn't be immune because they got money from the government. But no, he's making millions because he plays the game. He's on NBC telling it like it is. And by the way, uh, Eric did come up with the words dithering is the meaning. Turn off your your radio, Eric. Oh, no, wait. Eric is is the good son, right? He's a good son. <laughs> we have, we he contributes have, to the show. We have the smart son and the good son. Hi, Eric. I'm sorry. It's a slip of the tongue. He's at least he programs. Yeah, that's a plus. All right. Do we have a and clip to play here, or I mean, you got a whole bunch of clips? Stayed out of jail. That's the, the key to success. <laughs> that's a good kid right there. As opposed to, uh, as opposed to the smart clips. one. Uh, <laughs> the smart one's been in the slammer. No, no, nobody goes to jail in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I'm, I'm already in trouble with Eric now. He's going to probably poison the, the, the pudding. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's see. Well, let me let me look at these clips. Oh, the, first of all, there's a there's a couple of interesting clips that are a little off off topic. We should get into before I get into the NBC clips, where you know Imhel Imholt or whatever his name is. is Imelt, uh, Imelt, 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 Jeffrey Imelt, Jeffrey Imelt. Yeah. Um. Well, let's play those. I, okay, there's a bunch of Law & Order clips. For some reason, they've decided to go after uh, Roe versus Wade. Oh, well, that's next, of course. Uh, abortion is always a fun one to distract the country while the bankers steal your money. Yeah, well, they've done a really good job here. Let me take a... There's a bunch of LOA clips there, um, they say. Yep. Let me go to the mailbox and look Which at... We, the I've got Roe versus Wade, abortion description, and Connie and Roe v. Wade... Okay, do okay, start with the first one. Okay, Roe versus Wade. Half the jury was in tears. That doesn't mean they'll acquit. You're deceiving yourself. Oh, I love this actor is great. You're deceiving yourself. This acting is only takes as one vote to hang this jury and the next and the next. We're not offering Grogan a plea bargain. Manslaughter's a reasonable compromise for the cold-blooded murder of a doctor performing legal procedures. Substitute slavery for abortion. John Brown for Wayne Grogan. In its day, Roe v. Wade conformed to what we knew then about human life and science. Contraception was limited. Most birth defects were untreatable. 35 years later, birth defects can be corrected. Disabled children are protected by a Bill of Rights. Contraception of every kind is available. Yet people who don't want to still get pregnant. And so their rights should reign supreme? My God! Cats and dogs have more rights than the unborn. <laughs> no agenda there, huh? <laughs> oh, brother. Well, it just gets worse. Okay. So besides that piece of propaganda, which is just so blatant, it's not funny. I mean, it's got nothing to do with moving the story forward. It's at all. No, it, he's actually reading a fact sheet, you know, some like some uh, some some fact sheet from the uh, the anti-abortion movement. Yeah, now here's the next one, which is, which is, okay, well, if that didn't get you, that's the logical part. Let's go to the emotional part, and let's... Oh, no, and let's, oh, no. we're not going to talk about how an abortion is done, is it? Well, in, in this one case, because they have this guy, there's a reason that they're, they're uh, trying... Just play abortion description, yeah. and this will get... After Miss Doe was in the stirrups, I started... Ah, already I'm done. <laughs> in the stirrups, nice. That's not what they're called, by the way. There's an official name for it. IV Valium and Dr. Benning inserted the ultrasound probe. The next step was to inject potassium chloride into the fetus's heart to induce cardiac arrest. Did something go wrong? The injection was off target. The patient moved and the needle went into the uterus. The patient started to go into labor. What did Dr. Benning do? There was nothing he could do. The mother was having contractions. The baby was born alive. Dr. Benning held him in his hands. The boy was crying a little cry, moving his arms and legs. Dr. Benning asked the mother if she wanted him to complete the procedure, and she said, yes, finish it. What happened next? Dr. Benning cut the umbilical cord. Then he took the surgical scissors and inserted it into the base of the baby's skull. Ah. Yeah. The room went silent. And, and by the way, by the way, this is this is true. This actually does happen. 
um, although not uh, usually in an accident. But uh, the way that many doctors get around uh, the legality of a post-birth abortion is they will actually ho- – I'm sorry to gross you out, but I, you know, I have done some research into this. They will hold the head of the child against the woman's vagina – or you know, or keep you know, or keep the legs in, or some shit like that, and so it it hasn't been completely born. And then the and the, the what what she says about the scissors, that's true. That's absolutely true. Well, I'm not saying any of this isn't true, but this is not what's going on constantly. No. A, and it, it why is this on? This is gr- gruesome material to be putting on TV. Period. Well, it's to forward an agenda, which right <laughs> or wrong is irrelevant. It's but just so you know. You're being programmed, people. You're being programmed. So here we go with the last one, Connie, who is the female attorney um, in the uh, law and order. This is the regular law and order, by the way. This is not the special victims unit or any of the weird law and orders that are. This is the real one. This is the real deal. This is they they save their best for this show. So I'm wondering exactly how you know what the. I'm not sure what the agenda is here because it seems that the liberals who are in power don't want to. they want to. They they would rather keep Roe versus Wade because that's their base. So why is NBC having extreme anti Roe versus Wade stuff? If all of a sudden Jeffrey Immelt's salary gets cut, this show is the reason. Um, let, they'll play Connie in Roe versus Wade. It was up to the judge to disallow it. Now it's up to us to convince the jury to ignore it. I mean, you, of all people, Connie, I thought you wanted to win this case. I grew up thinking Roe v. Wade was gospel and that a woman's privacy was inviolate. But after hearing that woman on the stand talk about her baby dying in her arms, I don't know. I I don't know where... My privacy ends, and uh, another being's dignity begins. This, uh, this almost sounds like a religious agenda somehow. Yeah, no, it's a very religious agenda, but I'm wondering what it's doing on Law and Order. It just kind of mystified me. You could... <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, uh, <laughs> that was an actual clip from the abortion. <laughs> so, oh, very, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right. So anyway, so there's, so there's something weird going on at NBC that they would run this show. Well, the Sparky J says in the uh, in our noagendachat.com chat room um, that there may be some big abortion issue coming up and that this is some pre-programming uh, for the masses. And by the way, th- you know, these these shows are top of the list. Um, you know, all of them. Uh, NCI, what is it? NCIS. NCIS, uh, which is it doesn't have as much propaganda in it uh, as CIS does. The CIS yeah. series has lots of propaganda, uh, but but the CBS propaganda is slightly different than the NBC propaganda, and the ABC propaganda again is they have their their agenda too, and it's kind of interesting to try to figure out where these are headed. This one here had me kind of mystified because it's it's extreme. I mean, it, they, it's a one two three punch for uh, you know people who are. Uh, a pro-life and i'm sure they were cheering maybe they're just trying to get a bigger audience i'm not sure but this doesn't fit in with the obama agenda no well you know there's unless 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 there's another shooter drop and there's something we don't know that's going on i mean because you know that should everything on nbc should fit in with the obama agenda nbc is the obama uh, mouthpiece 
the Obama network. So I have no idea. Now, uh, another story that came out that I want to run real quick. There's a two story. There's two clips here. One's called flash photography. And I think the other one is dry. Yeah. Flash photography followed by drugs in flat. And but just play this first. There's a woman, a very famous singer in Japan, and we could use some Japanese donors, by the way, uh, a famous actress, singer, or just mostly a singer who got busted for some sort of drugs. And so they, the BBC was running this report. But listen to this first flash photography thing. I have to ask you a question. He has pleaded guilty to using and possessing illegal drugs. Well, the case has gripped Japan since August when she went on the run after her husband was arrested. From Tokyo, Roland Burke reports his uh, report contains some flash photography so they say <coughs> yeah so i'm thinking and so they have a lot of flash or, or do, does the bbc require to warn people in case yes. they have an epileptic fit yes yeah this the, uh, this has been happening for a couple years uh whenever there is a program that can have flashing lights or flash photography it's always mentioned at the beginning of uh of the broadcast always even with big brother um, you know, so when they had the Big Brother live shows and they have all these very lights and all the strobes going off outside, uh, and that's Channel 4, I believe, in the UK, they'll say, you know, now we switch over live to the Big Brother house. Warning, this program contains flashing lights. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, okay. Now, let's just play the second clip in this, which talks about this woman getting busted, because there's a piece of information in here that, for one thing, they play it weird. It's very propagandistic in the way they do it. And then when you start actually paying attention to it, you realize how idiotic this whole process is. Okay. This is drugs in flat? Yeah. And this is a woman they'd all come to see, Noriko Sakai, famous since the 1980s as a singer and actress. She's already apologized publicly after police found 0.008 grams of what's been described as a stimulant drug in her flat. Hmm. They found... Not point not 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 eight grams. Yes, not point not not eight grams which of course is a misuse of the term gram because it's it's not a gram or multiple grams although you hear 8 grams which sounds like a, a reasonable amount it's like but milligrams point, what it, what he said was 0. 0.008 grams which right. which is actually 8 1000th of right. a gram it's a milligram it's less than it's it's fractions eight of milligrams. Grams. 8 milligrams yeah I calculated eight milligrams, and it's exactly the same as twenty-four grains of salt. What? It, so that's like a trace amount. It's not even a trace amount. I don't think you can do a, a test on that. But small what amount. is the drug? What is the? What they is never the say. Sh- they said it was some sort of a stimulant. It was probably coke, but it could have been anything. But what difference does it make with only twenty-four single little bitty crystals of salt-sized? sample i mean that's not enough of a sample to tell anything it's to take a wild guess on some spectrometer yeah, by the way there's 25 milligrams of thimerosal in uh, in the flu vaccine which is more <laughs> which is more than uh, than they found in this woman's flat yet uh, thimerosal and the mercury in uh, in the vaccines is considered a trace amount yeah there you go and that's 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 like 25 versus eight yeah and that's a trace amount because eight is a hyper trace. So this whole thing, I don't know what's going on in Japan with this woman, but they've arrested her over with these 24 grains of salt. And uh, now she's a big scandal. She's apologizing. She's bowing a lot. And the whole thing is like, is the Japanese that screwed up? And and does anybody notice this not, 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 dot, not, 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 not no. eight? First of all, 
Uh, well, in the in the in Europe or in the UK, you know, they they do understand some of the metric system, but even there, they use stone. You know, for for weights like stone. So no, no one fucking knows what it means, dude. No one, no one's doing the math. No one's doing the calculations. I mean, we just did it for you. The trace amount in the vaccine considered to be a trace amount is twenty five milligrams. Oh, that's hard. It's hardly anything in there. It's just a trace amount. Yet, not 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 eight, not point not not eight is considered to be a big deal. So yeah, it's it's a scandal. It's a scandal. Hey, I was reading my uh, copy of the Federal Register. As I do often. Uh, oh God! And um, some light reading. Some very light reading, and I discovered uh, a very interesting entry for September twenty ninth, two thousand nine. Um, the President of the United States. Um, I'll see if I can. Find, here it is. Uh, I want to find the actual wording. I, I wrote it down, of course. By virtue of the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, including Section 301 of Title III, United States Code, I hereby delegate to you the functions of the president under Section 1512 of the National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year 1999. In the performance of your responsibility under this memorandum, you shall consult as appropriate the heads of other executive departments and agencies. You are authorized and directed to publish this determination in the Federal Register. So what was this about? Um, first of all, you have to understand what Section 1512 is. 1512 is the President's power. The President shall certify to the Congress at least 15 days in advance of any export to the People's Republic of China of missile equipment or technology as determined in Section 74 of the Arms Export Control Act. So essentially the President gave up his power of uh, this rather important uh, function, namely uh, what kind of missile technology we export or give to the People's Republic of China, and he gave it to his Secretary of Commerce, who happens to be the first Chinese-American ever in an administration. And I find that... This was Clinton? No, this is Obama. No, you said 1999. No, no, no the, 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 the act is from 1999. This was signed last month. Oh. By our president. And uh, so... The, so, so wait, it, wait, the president gave up his presidency for a f 10 minutes so he can give it to the Secretary of Commerce so he could send some missile stuff to uh, yes, China? Yes, to China. And, of course, uh, this is uh, Gary Locke, um, who actually was a, uh, you know, a big uh, Clinton uh, guy. And he is the new uh, Secretary of Commerce, the first Chinese-American ever to hold a U.S. Uh, governor's office. He is a former top Chinese lobbyist. I thought we weren't supposed to have any of those in the administration. Especially at that level. And uh, he was the, you know, you know the Clintons got a lot of money and support from China. He was kind of the, the pass-through, the conduit uh, from uh, Chinese Communist leader uh, Hu Yintao. Uh, during the Clinton administration, so I, I don't. I think this is concerning that the president has given up the the actual power of informing Congress about what kind of missile technology we're sending over to China. You know, the only paper that I can find covering this, well, the Washington Times ran a story. <laughs> the Washington Times uh, is the Asia Times. There's a bunch right. of stuff about which, it, which we don't read a lot here in the United States. I find that uh, yeah, yeah. I don't see people. I don't see it sitting around the airport. 
Uh, no, it's not usually on my newsstand. Uh, anyhow, meanwhile... Uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce officials made an attempt to contradict this claim. Kind of what you said was the claim. In the same story, by asserting that the shift, the shift will not cause controls to be loosened in regards to the export of missile and space technology. I, I see that as a shift when the president actually writes, I hereby give up my presidential power to you, to you, to export United States... Uh, United States missile and space launch technology. The U.S. Department of Commerce is blamed for mishandling a series of sensitive technology transfers in the late 1990s, which when that thing came up was in 99, and Clinton was always yeah. blamed for this, mm-hmm. that resulted in China's deployment of a more accurate and reliable long-range missile. Right. And now we're just like, all right, let's just let's give it to the guys. Here you go, China. I thought China was supposed to be the bad guys. I thought that, you know... Or is this a, a quid pro quo for them to hold on to our dollars so that they don't oh, sink, absolutely. sink the kidding? dollar? Yeah, well, it's got to be something like that. And thank you. Thank you, Wall Street Journal. Thank you, New York Times, for not reporting on this. I think this is huge. And all you got to do is pick up the Federal Register. <laughs> well, the Asia Times thinks it's huge. Well, of course. They're like, hey, dude, we just got their space technology. Cool. Well, I think the Asia. This is a. I think these guys are often. This is not a the Chinese paper. This is one of these papers that I think is critical. It's like the South China Post. Right. I think. So, so all right. I, I'd expect people at the New York Times to be reading this stuff. Ah, there's too much drinking to do. You're in New York for God's sake. There's plenty of other things to do besides read the. But it, the but only reason you read is because you're bored stiff in San Francisco. No, the reason I do this is because this is what we do on this show. We go that one step further, and we un- it's a media assassination. That's what we call it. And this is a fine time to say we need your assistance because we'd like to do more of this. I mean, I'm doing this. You know, there's actually a meeting going on as we speak on Sand Hill Road with some of our investors. And it's not an unimportant meeting. None of our meetings with the investors are unimportant. And I am not at that meeting because I said, no, I'm sorry. I have to do the work. I have to do no agenda. I have to do this show. So whether I get fired for not showing up (laughs) or whether you just want another, uh, if you want more of this, if you want us to really be able to be effective and concentrate on this full time and not doing it during off hours, the middle of the night, or, you know, when I get awakened by Gitmo Nation at 6.15 and decide, well, I might as well take advantage of that time instead of sleeping some more, then you can help us out by donating to this program. And we need a couple more nights But really, if we could get every single one of our listeners who are within the sound of my voice to just give us five bucks a year, we'd be set. But we've got like a couple thousand people who have donated. They keep donating. They're staunch supporters. They keep coming at us. Would you rather hear uh, uh, promotional consideration for this program brought to you by... Is that what you want to hear? Would we be more trustworthy if you heard that at the beginning of the show? Or would you rather hear that a producer uh, who listens to the show is an executive producer because he donated the most money? I, I think the choice is pretty simple. Yeah, and I think that people that give to PBS are making a mistake. They should be giving it to us. So let's go over some of the people that did contribute since uh, last week. Please. Um, we have a lot of international contribution this week for some reason, including a couple of uh, people from Germany, which I think is a good sign. But let's start with uh, one from the Netherlands, because you're going to have to help me pronounce a $75 donation from, it's spelled M-A-A-I-K-E. Maike. 
it Micah? Is that Micah? a ma- male or a female name? That's typically a female name. I'm sorry, what? M- typically female, Micah. M-A-A-I-K-E. Oh, that would, wait, let me put a number down. That's number 19, I Ma- think. Micah, yeah. Number 19. Micah, and the last name is uh, Bolzma, B-O-E-L-S-M-A. B- Bolzma. Micah Bolzma. Micah Bolzma, yeah. That's nice. Uh, in v- V-N-N. Vianen. Vianen. I'll never get it. <laughs> Everything is wrong. Vianen. This, by the way, if you go to Portugal, people who can speak a little Spanish, you'll find it's really frustrating. And, and, I, I, and I, seventy-five dollars. I just like while well, we're thanking Micah, I just like to say many reports from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, the Netherlands. Uh, of course, they're rolling out the flu vaccine as well. They made a small mistake and ordered two shots for everyone. Oops! Turns out you only need one shot. So their minister of health is you know trying to figure out whatever he can do with the excess shots you know he's like even saying oh we can give it to kids under six months now he's just trying to get rid of the the supply that he bought but i'm wondering if these shots are just water but the needles that they have over there are actually uh dull and people are complaining that the the needles that are supplied are hurting their arms because they have some kind of weird protective layer that gets pushed up when you jam it into the vaccine vial and uh, this you know and god knows you know maybe they're doing more adjuvant mixing over there, I have no idea. But anyway, we're, we got your we got our eye on you. We got we got your dull needles right here. Line up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Another seventy five bucks comes from Robert Alter in Kansas City, but not Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. Uh, Greg Birch, we already mentioned, is our executive producer today from Port Angeles, Washington, $200. Now, he's going to become a knight, so it's going to start showing up again. John Matthews, of course, has been doing this knighthood, this self-accounting uh, knighthood thing. Ah, is it again? No, no, that's not the 7777 guy. Oh. Uh, in fact, we didn't see hear from him. We're, we have to, I think he's got one more to do, in it, but it was, didn't come in this week. No, John Matthews was 150 and then from Trinidad, Trinidad, man. Yes. Uh, unbelievable. A place I've always wanted to visit, by the way. Uh, and the guy gave us 143, and he just wants to be known as Yabil. Okay, Yabil. And he has a website or something with Yabil, which is Y-A-B-I-L, I guess. The DUI-help people gave us another $50. Thank you. That's DUI-help.com. So do they uh, help when you've been convicted of a DUI? They help you get I, your license I, I back? I believe, yeah, I believe they're kind of reverse ambulance chasers. <laughs> Excellent. We'll promote anyone. We don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, at least as the donors. Uh, Randy Asher from Pittsburgh, California, donated $77.76. Ah. He wanted to uh, not uh, interrupt the other person, our, our friend. Uh, Thomas Schultz, 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 Thomas Schultz from Stuttgart. Ah, guten Tag, mein Freund aus Stuttgart. Stuttgart, a town I've always wanted to visit, actually. It's $55. Okay, so um, and that so we never have to joke about wanting our bike back now. <laughs> Barry Wilson, B A R R I E, which indicates to me I think a female, mm-hmm. generally from Lofts Harbor, North, New Southwest, uh, New South Wales, in Australia, and I think she did write us a note that puts it at twenty. Yeah, I was just going to say you got to mark it down twenty now. Twenty. Yeah, females. now we're up to the big Fe- numbers. Let's start call now. them females. The females. The females. We have uh, we, need, we need at least one or two she-males, and then we have the trifecta. We probably do, but they won't admit it. Mm. Uh, Daniel, Ru- Ru- <clears throat> Daniel Rudolph 
$100, and he's from Dresden. Dresden. Pronounced Dresden uh, in the USA. Mm. Benny Glazer, G-L-E-Z-E-R, uh, B-E-N-I, gave us one, two, three, four, five. $123.45. Oh, excellent. Love that. Thank you, Benny. Uh, and he's in Basel, Switzerland. Basel. Basel. That's right, Basel. Pronounced Basel. We, yeah, Basel. Switzerland is, except for this one company that we talked about earlier, is pretty nice. If you want to, if people out there want to. beautiful. If people want to travel to like a Disneyland country, yeah. go to Switzerland. It's quite picturesque. And go, and go, to, uh, go to Montreux. That's a, you, you've been to Montreux, haven't you, John? I've probably been through Montreux. I've been through uh, most of Switzerland. It's where Smoke on the Water was written by uh, mm. Deep Purple. Fascinating. Yes. A little bit of, a little bit of pop trivia for everybody here. And it's Adam Curry last... and John C. Dvorak. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> In the morning. Sorry. And finally, our last donor this week is uh, Dane, D-A-Y-N-E Morris, in Chicago. He gave us 50 bucks. Cool. So we're getting our money from Chicago. So people should go to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA, and we do appreciate these contributions. And we also appreciate all the people that give us less than $50. And, you know, we get 20 and 10 And somebody and made an interesting suggestion. He sent us $5.13 or something weird. He said, uh, this is what I had in my PayPal account. If you just tell people just to get all that excess money out right. of their PayPal just account dump, that they're not dump, using. Yeah, dump your PayPal cash Just on dump us. it to us and close the account. Noagendashow.com or Dvorak.org slash NA. And uh, it's stories like this next one that, uh, that we really try to uncover and you won't hear about anywhere else. The uh, General Accounting Office. I did blog this earlier in the week. Um, uh, commissioned a, well, they did a study. I don't know if they commissioned it, but they did a study uh, involving Homeland Security. And the study basically... Uh, Results in some pretty frightening, frightening thoughts. Should remember we were talking, John, about what happens if uh, you know, or or the possibility of the banks closing because of the swine flu. So now this has been taken one step further. Remember now, bear in mind the president has uh, powers given to him by uh, I think himself uh, that he can take control of the internet in uh, in case of a national emergency. So what this whole study. Uh, did is he said to the Department of Homeland Security, hey, what happens if uh, lots of people in the financial industry, thank you, darling, if lots of people in the financial industry are homesick with the swine flu and have to continue their very important work from home over the Internet, that could congest the uh, the Internet, uh, certainly the, the local loops of the, the few providers we have in the United States. Yeah. Because because if they're at home on the internet, that's going to congest the inter- internet. But if they're at the work in their office on the internet, that's not going to have any effect. Well, typically, you know, they have a different type of access. Uh, so so the only access they have would be one or two steps removed from their office access. You know, they got some pretty sophisticated networks, particularly for that flash trading, the high velocity trading. A lot of these jabronis are doing. Um, but the Department of Homeland Security said, well, you know what? It just may be, uh, it may have to be that we'll have to jump in there. And if a lot of people are sick with the swine flu, we're going to have to force the ISPs to block certain traffic so this important trading can continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Where'd you get that? From the General Accounting Office. Oh. The GAO. 
And okay, uh, well, this is why you must. You didn't read about this in the New York Times, huh? No, no. An, an expected an expectation of unlimited internet access during a pandemic is not realistic, according to uh, Gerald Levine of the Department of Homeland Security. And uh, I'm looking here at this report. It's a big PDF, but you know it'll be in the show notes, of course. Oh, by the way, in this where I found this, the actual PDF had moved a couple times. So this shit is being hidden all the time. They're trying to move this stuff around so that they're still. No, wait, that's it. not possible. We're transparent here. Yeah, transparent. Yeah, we're so we're so transparent. Uh, private internet providers might need government authorization to block popular websites or reduce residential transmission yeah. speeds to make way for commerce. Yeah, like I don't get enough blocking of the Dvorak Uncensored site from one ISP or another. By the way, I want to remind people out there, and you too, uh, when you see something like this as a PDF, don't just save the link. It no, no, bookmark. save the PDF. You've got to save, save the PDF. PDF. Save yeah. the PDF. Save whatever page. You see a weird page with some weird stuff on it? Don't save the link. Save, save it to page. Save as web page as. Yes. And of this course, is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, they're saying this stuff does disappear. And, of course, uh, sad news of uh, Jeffrey Pinkhauer, who uh, benefited to the tune of about $7 billion from the Madoff scandal. He forgot how to swim in his own pool. <laughs> he got two to the head in a new-fashioned way. He drowned in his own pool, which is, I really love that. that that's, you know, I feel bad for the guy and his family and everything. Um, but this is a key, a key witness in the entire Madoff scandal, and of course, it this significantly slows down the unwinding of the Ponzi scheme because they can't get this guy to testify anymore. Uh, but he, uh, he, yeah, and and the the question was, was he, you know, was he in on the scam? Let me think. Seven billion dollars. Uh, yes, of course he was in on the scam, and he was. Uh, they said he had a heart attack while swimming. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. The, it's the new version of two to the head. Well, you know, the heart attack thing, the induced heart attacks with uh, it can be done. I mean, cyanide is quickly uh, metabolizing it and gives you that look and feel, heart attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, talking about real news. Uh, you know, I haven't used that in so long. Don't even know where the button is. And now, back to real news. So I'm watching America Can Dance, or How to Dance, Do You Want to Dance? <laughs> Wait, One of these. Were you watching in your underwear? Yes. <laughs> With your hand in your shorts? <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a warm milk? No, beer. Uh-huh. A, a, a stale Miller. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the image you want. Yeah. So, hold, on, hold, on, uh, hold on, I'm just enjoying the visual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching. It's one of these shows. I can't remember. I only saw the end of it, but it was the. I was watching the ending, and I remember the time we did the the No Agenda, where I we had the the porn awards, and they, and every nomination was like a million people. So yeah. it was you know they just would name person after person after person. It was like, and people would sit. I guess you just sit there mesmerized by these long they, lists. Of they people. were on the other night, the adult video. Oh, I awards. missed them. Yeah, we watched for like ten uh, minutes. I, it was amazing. Was Stoya on our? friend Who? so anyway no no, she no. Wasn't. well that's too bad no. so anyway so i'm watching the end of the show when they're going to say who's going to be on next week and I, this is the clip which i adequately named cripes just listen to this wonderful well done guys tonight you've seen the talent that got them here to hollywood 
tomorrow night, these dancers compete for real, and here they are. Pauline, Victor, Bianca, Russell, Eleanor, Channing, Kevin, Legacy, Catherine, Nathan, Molly, Lily, Karen, Peter, Ariana, Ryan, Philip, Jacob, Noel, and Ashley. Tomorrow night. How many people do it? This will talk. Would shorten the show. <laughs> What do no. we need? Like, is this show like two hours long because they have these lists of people? Who cares? Well, let me tell you the format of these shows. Here's what they do: they look at. So this is a. This these shows are so fluid. They look at the ratings, and if the ratings are rocking, they will bring in all kinds of stuff like wild card contestants and you know secret celebrity contestants. Anything to get an extra show out of it. They they sometimes they. They go from the typical 13 episodes in one series, they'll go to 26 just because the, the ratings are so rocking and people are so hypnotized by the crap. If it's working, it's working. You know, this is, this is beautiful. This is the cheapest form of entertainment you can make, and it works. I like it. We should be doing some of that ourselves. Well, we may be making a lot more money. That's for sure. But, you know, Dvorak.org slash NA is kind of the reminder to put Why don't the plug I, in. You know, one of our producers went through a lot of effort to try and uh, put together an ad for us. And even though it's not quite what he wanted or what we wanted, I just want to play it because it's one of those left-right stereo thingies. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we should play this and maybe it'll help. If you're highly like intelligent, me, you're sick of the mainstream media digesting the news and feeding you a shit. You come, come to appreciate... Commercial free commentary, commentary from Adam John Dvorak. If you get your news from CNN, you know that their biggest sponsors are bank pharmaceutical companies. If you're looking for lies, where are you supposed to go? MSNBC are not allowed to tell you the truth. That's why I financially support No Agenda with regular donations at dvorak.org/na. Join a growing number. Uncle no Agenda fans, fans in donating at Dvorak.org slash NA. Tell a friend, donate, do your part in keeping this team together. Join us in supporting commercial-free enlightening programming. Right. You are now programmed. <laughs> well, that'll be great when we run that. We'll run that on the stream every so often. Yeah, I'll program It's a little long. What's the time on that? What's that time out at? Uh, let me see. I think it's like uh, 48 seconds. Yeah, it's yeah that's long. too long. We, I think those things have to time out at 30. Yeah. Um, gosh, John, we should really start wrapping this up. Uh, there's a couple things. You know, the, the well, We don't have to go into them too deeply, but uh, farmers are up in arms because milk prices plunged 50%. And I was wondering why you look at the USA Today article and you're like, hmm, you know, it doesn't really say. But then if you look back a couple days, it turns out we lifted all of the uh, import duties on milk and milk products from Israel. Duh. We're bringing milk in from Israel? Yes, we're screwing our farmers. We, don't have, we haven't got enough cows here? Yep. So here it is. U.S. removes import levy on Israeli milk products. And, of course... You won't get this from the New York Times. This is from the uh, Inet News, which is an Israeli publication. 
Following diplomatic efforts, President Obama signs memo eliminating import subcharge on dairy products from Israel. Well, if, if it's if it's good Israeli cheese or something like that, I don't have a problem with it. Well, but it's why also are cheese. We, it's also cheese. It's it's milk and well, milk cheese products. is fine. I don't have a problem. With it, but but don't you think there's a public health issue here when you have to pump a bunch of milk into a giant ship as though it was oil and then haul it across the ocean and then bottle it in the United States and, and drink this? God knows how. I mean, do you have to? What do you, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's pandering to the Israelis, of course. Well, maybe. It's, a, it's, it's following diplomatic efforts. So does that does that headline not say it all? Diplomatic efforts. Up to now, most of the world's countries exporting milk products to the United States have been forced to pay a levy protecting local production. In fact, French cheese for a while, um, Camembert was uh, was rumored to go up to like three hundred percent import tax. And but literally, this this comes out on the twenty second. This this news report, and then. Um, in USA Today, that report was on the. Hold on, it's just loading here for a second. I think that. Well, was, you're, well, you're loading that. Yeah. I'll mention that there seems to be a public relations battle going on between two camps of the of 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 the of the various Jewish lobbies. Uh, one pro-Israel and one anti-Israel, and we're getting a lot of Israeli news, pro and con, based on the fact that some, and it's all from these promotional uh, these PR companies that are one is trying to you know get kind of divorce ourselves from Israel and the other one trying to bring uh, the US Israel relationship closer together so we're going to be getting a lot more so people out there can look for a lot more uh kind of contradictory news and information about Israel. Well, and, you, and, you, and of course, you couldn't think at all that Rahm Emanuel would have anything to do with it. Here it is, the story on the 24th, two days later. Milk prices have plunged by about 50% from the historic highs of last summer, pummeling producers such as Walt Moore, a fourth-generation farmer. So farmers now actually selling their cows for slaughter, which... Uh, it really decimates the entire milk producing industry when you sell your cow. It's also sad. I mean, these farmers are crying. They've had Bessie for a million years. Um, and well, then- I mean, it's not like they can't get more cows, but the, but Rahm Emanuel is not known as a pro-Israel guy. Oh, I beg to differ on that. I think if you start looking into it, you're going to find out that he's one of these uh, anti-Israel types. So- or, or- well, but forget forget Rahm Emanuel. So just listen to the way the U.S. is programmed. So in U.S., we just told you one of the main reasons why these prices fell. Okay, that's very simple economics. USA Today, however, right, which is uh, I think number two now behind the Wall Street Journal, which is the 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 new USA Today. We've already discussed that. So here it is: why prices are falling. Subhead: There are several reasons for the implosion, oversupply falling export demand, and continued high prices for supplies such as feed. Bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) Not one mention of the removal of the levy on Israeli dairy products. Not one mention. So well, you know this is well, this they is should have, I, don't, I, I don't think the dairy the Israeli embargo or not embargo but the tariff lifting is is can attribute to a mass amount of Israeli milk coming into the country. No, so, but so it can attribute but, but it to milk be, prices right, changing. It, it should be mentioned. It not only should it be mentioned but you know milk prices are set by um 
uh, are not set by the producers. They're set by the distributors. They're set by uh, Walgreens and uh, and the big and the big uh, big box supermarket chains. They basically say, "Hey, farmer, I'm going to pay you this much for your milk today." And it's they all collude. It's a huge. Um, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? When it's anti-competitive, scam. <laughs> scam. So they so they basically see, oh hey, we can get our milk cheap from Israel. Screw that, you know. Screw you, farmers. We're not going to pay you anymore. And then the prices tumble, and then Israel ships that shit in. So the uh, the dairy that should be mentioned up in near Port Angeles, Washington, where our executive producer is, called the Dungeness Valley Creamery, and there you can get raw milk by the gallon for six dollars and fifty cents. At the dairy, it's a little more when you're outside of town, but and you drink that religiously, uh, right? Oh, the stuff's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, just a, one. There's just a couple more things, John. There's just so much, and we never we never get back to all the good stuff. Um, I'm sure you heard about the uh, the asteroid exploding above Indonesia. Actually, no. A 10-meter-wide asteroid exploded in the atmosphere with the force of a small atomic bomb uh, above Indonesia. It was so the force was so large it actually set off, uh, triggered the infrasound sensors of the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization more than 10,000 kilometers away. It's a huge explosion. If this thing, if this thing had actually hit and had not blown up in the atmosphere, it could have wiped out an entire city. I, you know, there must not be a movie in the making. That's why they didn't report it, because usually this stuff is really good to promote your movie. But I think they could have used it for 2012. Uh, the mm. asteroid that caused the blast was not known before it hit and took astronomers completely by surprise. Oops. <laughs> According to statistical studies of the near-Earth asteroid population, such objects are expected to collide with the Earth on average every two to twelve years. But uh, that's a that's a pretty sizable little explosion there that we didn't hear about. Um, yeah, three Hiroshima bombs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That that's what they equated. And I'm looking to. at the coverage of this thing, by the way, and. Uh the reason I probably didn't hear about it, uh, the, well, the Baltimore Sun had a thing, and the, here's interesting. You know, they have on Google uh, News, they have uh, the number of articles that uh, people, you know, how many papers are running it. With the asteroid with the energy of three Hiroshima bombs exposed over Indonesia, uh, highlighted by the Belfast Telegraph, there's 16 news articles uh, about it uh, in under one uh, 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 Gathering, and then there's three news articles under meteor hits above Indonesia. Now, if you go to Google News and look at the, uh, let's see, let me just, I can just grab anything at random, like Motorola's profits, fifteen hundred <laughs> articles. How about Balloon Boy? Somehow well, I let's think- go to the big one. Michael Jackson's "This Is It" banks two point two million yeah. on premiere night. Five thousand and sixteen articles on it. Yeah, of course. That's what's really important. To the people who are still asleep, but slowly, well, slowly, forget, well, slowly, you know, they're you know, awakening. Yeah, you know, we can still go one step further. If you're going to talk about sports, Game 1 of the World Series is a rating hit, <sighs> 11,244 articles. So, um, okay. obviously, we're not getting I mean, this. The news, if you look at it, if you start just look, doing it, looking at the numbers, it's all about, it's, it's, there's no news. It's not about news. The, the World Series is, is, you know, a sports story. It's not news. 
A lethal combination of rock-bottom prices combined with a spike in the potency and availability of heroin on Massachusetts streets has led to a startling increase in the number of heroin-related deaths in the recent years. Uh, this report uh, comes from the bostonchannel.com. Of course, if you listen to this program, you know that the reason why we're in Afghanistan is actually to run the drugs on military transport back to the United States, distribute it to our children, um, high, high quality, low prices, kill everyone, get them hooked on crap. And, of course, uh, the first DEA agents to be in Afghanistan who are supposed to be stopping the, uh, the, the flow of drugs were killed in a helicopter crash a couple days ago. Three, oh, you got me on that one. Three, yeah, three Drug Enforcement Administration special agents were among the dead of the... Uh, Gee, what uh, a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess they weren't playing ball. Coincidence? I think not! And, uh, of course, uh, more pictures, which I'll put into the show notes at noagendashow.com, of uh, the coalition troops, which, of course, is mainly uh, U.S. troops, actually patro- patrolling through the poppy fields, not burning them, not stopping them. You know, can, can, can anyone see the picture? The CIA pays Karzai. Karzai makes sure it gets all shipped out. We're bringing in more troops for the harvest so we can bring it all back to the United States. And it all just keeps flowing around. It's God. It's, it's gold, oil, and, and drugs, our, my And our friend. great General McChrystal, who apparently gets up at four in the morning because he can't sleep. I guess he has the jitters. <laughs> uh, goes jogging every morning at that hour. Uh, by the way, and he's the one who's requiring that we get more more um, troops so they can protect the hop the poppy fields. Now, the funny thing about the two DEA guys who three, obviously three three DEA three guys. What a coincidence! I guess, like I said, they didn't want to play ball. Do you think the next DEA guys that are coming over there to look things over are going to be a little more amenable? Oh, dude, I'd be like, hey, I, <laughs> I don't see nothing. I don't see anything. Don't look over here. Nothing to see. Here. Ooh, look at that. All right. And that's what's going on in your world, people. Noagendashow.com. Or Dvorak.org slash NA to donate as well. We need all the help we can get. And uh, something's got to happen in the new year. We always have good stuff on the show. I think we do pretty good. Yeah. Well, we do well. Yes, I think we do pretty well. <laughs> All right. Um, so Sunday we're on as uh, as scheduled. The Church of No Agenda. Yeah. Uh, are you going up to? Uh, where are you going up to Washington? Yeah. Well, I've got just a stopover on my way to uh, Canada. I'm going to be up in Edmonton. Uh, by the way, those helicopters went down due to unconfirmed reasons. Oh, okay. Unconfirmed okay. reasons. Unconfirmed reasons. I'm a helicopter pilot, by the way. Oh, there's one more thing I want. There's so much more good stuff. Those those Northwest pilots that yeah. uh, overshot their uh, their their uh, destination. Yeah. That thing stinks. That th- that whole story stinks. They were looking at their laptops. Bullshit. Something you think something you- happened there that we don't know, and I I don't have the information yet. I'd love to hear the air traffic control trying to raise them for over an hour and not getting any response because on their laptops. Look, I've flown a lot, and I've flown uh, big birds, little birds, whirly birds, you name it. That's bullshit. That is just bullshit. There's a cover-up of something going on there. Well, they fired him. Yeah. They'll have, a, they'll have a book deal before you know it. 
but we'll see. But why don't you look into it? Maybe there, maybe there's a scandal here because you know everyone just assumed they fell asleep. But you and, know, and, you, and, and yeah, and of course everyone. Oh, I don't want to fly with Northwest. Oh, you should be flying the plane. Now, believe me, that is just not possible. That they were looking at their laptops and weren't listening to ATC. It's just it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Well, the story has already up. changed too many times. Yeah, it, there's something going on. It uh. started off as there was a heated debate. Oh, please. Coming to you from the minimum containment cell housing the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California, I'm Adam Curry. And from an area where there's no bridge, because they can't seem to keep these things uh, together, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.